right, welcome to the podcast today. This is from a Marvel movie, not a Guardians movie, but it was in the Guardians scene, and uh, James Gunn, producer of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, has released the songs that are going to be in that movie. And uh, I I was never into like these, these funkadelic, these psychedelic 70s songs. Um, that were introduced to me through these movies, but I I absolutely uh, adore them. Uh, in the first movie, where Peter is dancing around, I think to the with the Walkman and "Come and Get Your Love." I don't know who did the original version of that, but I remember it from when I was a kid when Real McCoy did the song. All right, enough of that. Um, I did see one song in there that I am familiar with, um, "Heart Crazy on You." but only because Eminem sampled it on one of his albums in the early 2000s. Um, I want to talk, and I really need Alex here for this today, but I will do my best, and I will also concede that I don't have as much info as I would like to run with this, so I welcome input and feedback. But we will get to... um, what a lot of people have been talking about for the last uh, 36, 48 hours. But there's a re- there's a reason why it, it was able to hop into the ether of discussion. First up, um, in about a year and a couple of days, we are going to have a cosmic event here. Now, I've talked about this a couple of times on the show, but now we're a year out. The Imagination Station released um, a piece of press for an event happening on April 8th at 11 o'clock. I did not see more in it, but it's science. It's cosmic. I also saw something on the Perrysburg uh, Instagram page. They would like to have a, they're considering a total eclipse of the Berg Festival, and they're looking for input and ideas. I I, I think it's April 8th. We're going to have truly like a a once-in-a-lifetime event and not the kind that wipes out population. I mean, like, if we could get rid of, like, six bill, I'm kidding. I can't make that joke. I can't do the Thanos jokes anymore because we just had a global pandemic. Uh, this is a once-in-a-lifetime cosmic event that is just a couple of minutes long, and it's stunning, and you feel like you're in a science fiction movie. We're going to have a complete solar eclipse. And um, we here in Northwest Ohio are going to be in the middle of it. I do kind of envision something from one of the turn-of-the-century apocalypse movies, Deep Impact. Armageddon was the bigger one, but I like Deep Impact. Um, Remember where the giant wave was coming and people parked their cars uh, wherever and just ran as high as they could? Well, I don't envision there'd be running, but I do with a solar eclipse envision people maybe parking on 75. Like, there will have to be some um, some rules in in place for this like this this is a thing like we are going to have to tell people hey find a spot but not parking on 75 and please be careful so i guess everything will be dark we'll be able to see stars and planets as if we were in a science fiction movie as we as if we were in some type of planetarium i'm very much looking forward to it i don't i, I rarely ever throw out um nerdy space stories here there's 
two every three weeks. We found this planet. It's kind of like Earth. There's no possible way we could live here. But this planet has is close enough to a star where maybe we could. And just last week, I saw something that said something like the, the building blocks of life. I'm like, the building blocks of life as we know it. Like, everything we look for up there needs to be with the caveat, life as we know it. Because life could be all around us. But we just don't know it. Because we're so narrow-minded and, and, and small. I could go down this this cosmic black hole of how truly insignificant we are and why no one's visited us yet. And yeah, um, I, I do go down those black holes on, on Wikipedia quite often. Um, two things about me. I have never smoked a cigarette, never have wanted to. I watched it kill my mom. Even when I was a little boy, I knew cigarettes were bad and I watched it kill my mom. In fact, I listened to a podcast today um, talking about like health and wellness bros like Instagram and social accounts that are like a hundred, a dozen, or a dime for a hundred, um, offering you, this will make you look better. This will help you feel better. This will help you sleep better. This will help you run. And so much of it is, is, is true junk. They offered, when they were running through like the actual things that will help you, it was um, 30 to 40 minutes of, of, of exercise a day. That could just be like a brick, a brisk walk. Number two was fewer processed foods. So I'm, I'm pretty good on those. Uh, number three was no tobacco. And the guy said with a caveat, he's like, if I could have one of any of these, no tobacco would be it. Like even if you're complete, completely uh, sedentary, you just sit around or you eat a bunch of junk food, processed food, fine. But don't smoke. We know how bad smoking is. It killed my mom. Uh, but, but, but the other thing is I have never, never wanted a tattoo. Never. Um, and it has, having tattoos has become almost like a, a right of adulthood. You get your license when you're 16 and we'll come back to an, to an important age being lowered for something shortly. Um, you get your license at 16, you can vote at 18, 21, you can drink. Like one of those, those rights is when you can get a, a tattoo. I've never had the desire I have never, I don't know how you can explain a negative. I have never wanted to smoke a cigarette. I've never had that passion, that desire, that interest. Same thing with the tattoo. I have never, ever thought about getting one. Actually, that's wrong. I did think if I ever got one, it would be like a small Jewish star on my leg. And I'm like, what's the point in that? In fact, I think if you get a tattoo, you cannot be buried in a Jewish cemetery, which won't really matter to me because I'll be dead. Um, there's a tattoo festival coming, which I'm sure will be bonkers. And remember last year we had the, uh, was it the taco festival that everybody was worried was going to be a complete debacle because they had done it in other markets and cities and it was just a debacle there. And the Huntington Center was like, look, we'll, we'll handle this. And it went off mostly without a hitch, but was very underwhelming. I think that's what the story of it was. Um, Taco Festival, a bazillion people. Tattoo Festival in Toledo, it will be packed. Uh, By the way, I don't begrudge or denigrate you for having a tattoo. The neck tattoo thing is is still one of my sayings, a little bit, although it's loosening. If you want to work at Owens Corning or have a professional job, no neck tattoos. Uh, I'm slightly altering that now, very, very slowly. Like, we're loosening up on other 
on ink on other parts of the body, forearms and, and whatnot. But I don't know if we've quite gotten to the neck and or face yet where we are happy to put you in where you're, you'll be accepted in a white collar work. But hey, whatever, your body. Um, that's coming up April 21st through the 23rd. Mention uh, age things. There was, we just had the Toledo police officers in a couple of weeks ago. And I asked because Alex always asks. Because it is so stressful and challenging to hire police officers, in addition to almost any other career, occupation, job these days, Alex asks, Alex asks, have you loosened the standards uh, for what people have to pass or what is required to be a police officer? And Alex knows the answer, and the police officers always answer, it's not up to us, it's up to the state of Ohio. And Alex was more hinting at like like f- physical things, like when, when I don't think Thomas could could run what he needed to, and you know whatever other physical requirements are, are needed. Again, it's, maybe if you're just gonna be like a community-minded police officer or work at a desk, you know they can position you there, and you'll have to know unless you pass certain things, you are never going out on the street. Hey, that's good enough for me. I just want to do my my civil service and and be a part of things. And don't worry, I don't want to run after any bad guys or bad girls. So I wonder how unpopular opinion this will be. It looks like the state is is reconsidering the, what age you need to be to be a police officer, which would become 18. I think this is the case in Michigan. I get that this makes sense in... I struggle. I can argue myself in this, but I get that this makes sense in like small rural communities where the person that is the mayor, he doesn't have time, so his son becomes an all. I, I, I don't. That's the only reason I can guess because I don't know about you, but I look back at myself at, when I got my license at 16 and I passed the test, but there was no way... I was experienced as I needed to be. I did not have enough hours behind the wheel to be driving a car by myself. And I guess the first time I went out by myself, I had to go with two of my friends who were like 18 years old. And there were still some restrictions. Like you had to be with someone who had a license 18 and then you had to be home by eight o'clock. But driving a car, it, it's it's like, it, as we talk about with DUIs, it's driving a weapon. And you can know all the technical things. As was mentioned in this one article, you could be mature enough, but you just don't have the experience. And I would apply. And now before you go, Eric, we're sending 18-year-olds off to off to war. Uh, we can have that discussion. We can have, we, we can certainly slide into that and whether those those kids are being preyed upon and and used as um, cannon fodder in a lot of ways. Or maybe they're sent there for whatever reason to learn discipline and and behavior. That's another time. This is police. Um, and I I get I will I I was a very mature eighteen year old. I really was, and I was still a jackass and a dumbass. And I still I still did some really stupid things. I was mature enough where you know my dad pretty well. He's trusting. He raised a good kid. Um, I have never been arrested or made any mistakes that would have ruined my life. Although there was a time I was a bit of a pyro when I was like 13, 14. And I, I almost threw a mat, a lit match into a mailbox. I think people have done that before kids and it's not as bad as I imagine. but I, I look back that, I look back at that and go, would I have been in, in like federal juvenile 
prison till I was 18. Um, I never made, thankfully, a life-altering mistake. And I guess this is the best a parent can do. Um, as I learned recently or read recently, don't protect your kids. Prepare them. And as a parent, I, I get this is the, the, the easiest way I could try to think like how you think. Do the best that you can. And you got to let your kids go out there and hope they make mistakes, but the, kinds they lear- the kind they learn from, but aren't the ones that are catastrophic. Um, 18-year-olds can be super mature in the same way that 38 and 58-year-olds can be completely juvenile. I just don't know if an 18-year-old, and even 21 at this point, has the human experience to deal with people as an authority figure. I'll say that again. Does an 18-year-old, regardless of how book smart they are with the law and protocols, I will not, you can get all A pluses on that and be the greatest academy student ever and we can see your maturity. There is no substitute for the experience of someone who is eight years older than you, 26, which is still young. Um, as I talked about at the Perrysburg Career Day a couple weeks ago, I wish I could give you the experience that I've had so you don't make my mistakes or so that you can make different ones and learn. There's the uh, Infinity Game quote from, from Loki with Thanos. If you're going to Earth, I think you need a guide with experience. Thanos says, if you consider failure experience, and Loki says, I consider experience experience. Well, if you learn from those failures, it can be a positive experience. And and, and again, I just think back to when I was out on the roads when I was 16 years old, I did not have the experience to be behind the wheel of a car that could injure or kill someone. So think about something in your own life. Was there a time where you look back and go, there was no way... I should have been doing this on my own. I should have been responsible for this. Um, and again, so if we're going to do this, if we're going to, I, I hope those that are making the decision um, on 18-year-olds, I hope they have the latitude, the, the subjective objectivity or the objective subjectivity to go, miss, son, you are a phenomenal cadet here in the classroom you are really mature. I just don't feel you have the personality at this point to be out in the community in really serious, maybe deadly situations. You talked to uh, Paris Edwards from Toledo Fire before. I'm like, dude, how do you get over the fear of running into a burning house? Because you can't simulate that. He's like, we train and train and drill and drill and drill. And you can work out some of that anxiety and be mostly prepared, but you can't prepare for some of those situations. And with younger, under, with younger, less developed brains, you can have some real scary situations that arguably make things worse. So I'm not saying don't let them. I'm saying let's be extremely discerning. Um, She has uh, aged and graduated or will graduate uh, after four years of a stellar career. Uh, Not not ever the best player in women's college basketball, but Zaya Cook is going to head to the WNBA. Um, and women's basket, women's college basketball has been part of the discussion. Some, some bad, but from the good in the last 48 hours. And I'll tell you a little bit why and where I hope it goes. Um, I did see an, a WNBA mock draft on CBSSports.com. It is literally the first one I've ever seen because I've been all in on this Zaya Cook stuff. She's the Toledo girl. And... Um, 
this CBS Sports mock draft said she was going to go number 12 to the Minnesota Lynx in the WNBA. Um, if there is an NBA team in the city of the WNBA team, they try to match it up like Minnesota Timberwolves, um, Minnesota Lynx, LA Lakers, LA Sparks, um, New York Knicks, New York Liberty, and teams have moved because the WNBA is like 25 or 30 years old. Now, the, the Detroit had a team, I forget what they were, and they moved to a bunch of different places, and they were really good, I think, in the early 2000s. Zia Cook will likely be in the WNBA. Good for her. And there are a couple other girls. Is it Natasha Stewart? It's another TPS girl. Natasha Howard, I believe, who is, uh, like, she's been an all-star team in the WNBA and is not a nobody in the league. We're talking, uh, I'm I'm talking about this because um, a lot of people, I think it was record-smashing viewing for the Women's College Final Four. Uh, And I believe there are reasons for this. First and foremost, um, it's because they were really exciting games. The the, the women's tournament was exciting. And arguably, it had more exciting games and players than than the men's tournament did. Um, The men's tournament, if I can give you a, a, a nerdy sports reference real fast, and it'll be super quick. I said I have a very good friend. Uh, her name is Julie. We used to. Uh, she worked in the record industry side of my business, and we would always, you know, talk Big East basketball. She went to Syracuse. Was a diehard Syracuse person. Me, Villanova. We'd go to a lot of college basketball games together. Um, we text each other memes and gifts of old college basketball players. And I and I texted her last week. I said, Julie, if Eric of March 2023 texted you the final four of Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Yukon, and Miami, would Julie, December 2022, say, why are you asking me about the NIT final four? There weren't really any interesting teams, even though Yukon has won a lot of national titles. And go Big East. Uh, There was no Kentucky, Yukon, Duke, uh, UCLA, Michigan. There were no big teams in the Final Four. And again, the tournament wasn't really that dramatic as far as I can remember. I'll remember Purdue in the Big Ten losing, being the second team ever to lose to a 16 seed. Um, not a lot of name recognition uh, of players because the next great NBA player is in high school right now or he is high school aged. So the women's tournament had the perfect ingredients where if the games were compelling and exciting, it was going to become a talking point. And it really did because Caitlin Clark, um, the girl who had the back and forth with Angel Reese, um, is one of the greatest scorers in women's college basketball history. South Carolina had won, what, uh, 42 straight games and was on the cusp of a back-to-back NCAA title. Um, there are some true titans, and South Carolina has kind of become that displacing UConn in women's college basketball. But from as far as I could tell, the games were exciting. And it was on my radar. And I, and this is where I'll ask, is there a reason for that? Maybe the games have always been this exciting, and we just glossed over them. Maybe, maybe not. But I'll throw this at you. So uh, CB, ESPN does not have um, any coverage. They, don't, they do not air the men's college basketball games. They do air, if not, I think, all of the women's games. So that's their product. You want to show off your product. 
So we can say that the men's tournament was uh, mediocre, not, not really that interesting. So ESPN saw that they had an avenue. Like, they got some stars. Aaliyah Boston, Angel Reese. I guess people don't like the LSU coach a whole lack of a lot. Um, so, like, we're going to put this on a platform, and, and we're going to tweet more. We're going to have more highlights. All, all this stuff. We're going to go for it. This is our opening. And good for them, because to get more people interested in sports that they don't traditionally watch, whether it's rugby or women's sports, it's got to have a platform. That's assuming it's deserving of that. So people paid attention. Because it probably had the platform, and they were, they were interesting. The other thing is, so uh, the NFL is probably more popular than every other major sport combined. You can put college football on that. And the NFL, with its popularity, might be more popular than college football, the NBA, the NHL, baseball, whatever. You might want to take college football out of that because that's probably the second biggest sport in the country. Um, The NFL is kind of dormant right now. No real storylines other than is Aaron has Aaron Rodgers been traded yet? So again, that avenue for ESPN to promote this game that again was pretty exciting. Um, the NBA is kind of winding down its season. There's no real big storylines. Um, nobody really. Ca- there are the diehard baseball fans care about opening day. Nobody really else does. What else? There, there was a whole on the sports calendar. And again, that goes back into ESPN's like, we have a lane. Let's put this up as high as we can and see if we get some traction. And it did, because the final four games were were absolutely outstanding. And then, to top it all off, you had some like um, some testiness between um, Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. And I guess it had begun with Caitlin Clark starting that. Now, I don't care. I mean, I am too far removed from having an interest in sports to care about taunting one another and... You know, the winners get to write the story. You get to brag a little bit, but don't go overboard, blah, blah, blah. But then then again, as a winner, you should stay on the high road, still be respectful, whatever. That was not what I was all that interested in. It was just that women's basketball, the sport of women's college basketball, took over for like 48 hours. And huge ratings. And I I just wonder, um, I have... I've never been against women's sports. In fact, my opinion at this point is kind of lesser than it was years ago when I followed more sports more closely. Well, when I watched sports more closely, um, I don't watch sports anymore. The most sports I've watched probably in the last year was all the World Series games when the Phillies were in them. That that probably those what five games were more sports than I watched the entire year. I watched more football in the Super Bowl with the Eagles than I did the entire year. The two teams from my home, where a lot of my friends root for, um, were in the biggest game possible. It's the only reason I watched. Other than that, I still follow them. 75% of the things I read is sports-oriented, so I can follow it that way. It's just too much to watch a three-hour game or a -a two-and-a-half-hour game. I blew through three more episodes of Succession last night instead of watching the National College Championship game between UConn and San Diego State. I'll read about it. Um, so I follow closely in, in that regard. I, If you would have told me, hey, if there was nothing else on and I was dying for something, and you're like, hey, this this, this um, LSU and Iowa game is just hot. Turn it on. I probably would have peeked at it and said, yeah, this is really good. Now, I know for, for a long, long time, this is where I need Alex. Um, 
there are just things athletically that men can do that most women can't. And I don't mean to offend anybody, but that I think that's just like physio- physiological anatomy over the course of history. I'll throw it at you this way. Fine. You want, you know, some WNBA players to play in the NBA? Cool. How many of them do you think there'd be? Would there be 10? Um, men will have the advantage, and some of the things they do are more exciting, but that doesn't mean that women's basketball and, uh, and women's sports can't be as exciting. So what? There's not as many dunks and 50-inch verticals. The artistry of some of these players, the physicality of the the, the, the Aaliyah Boston's still very watchable. So that's my only science point, but I'll, I'll throw this out. I, I have thought that women's sports can make a jump and get closer on par with men's sports if more women followed them. Um, this is kind of um, primate-minded, but guys like sports. And I can't dig into the anthropology of why, because it's competition and our, our knuckle-dragging ways have always competed. All right, maybe. Um I don't like sports like I I don't watch it, but I tell you that I still like it. So let me roll it at you this way. Um, Let's say out of a pool of 100 men, let's say it's a big enough sample size, 75 of them like sports. And I'm I'm in that 75. Um, I I, I know people in that 25. But 75 out of 100 are going to flip on the game from last night. Um, Out of 100 women, just general sample, how many do you think would be interested in a, a big women's sport 45 35 so if the gender that is playing men to men women to women and i don't want to get involved in in the non-binary stuff um not that discussion but if those who look like you women on the court are if, if the people that look like you maybe you hope you hope they aspire to be you, could kind of shoulder shrug about you. How's the game ever going to grow? Now, it doesn't mean that men won't watch women's sports, but I would think, and there are plenty of women that, and I think there are plenty of women that would admit this easily. Uh, plenty of women have begun to like sports more than I can ever remember in my lifetime. It was a guy's thing when I was younger, but as sports became more of a social thing, um, it became more ingrained in culture as far as dress and style and the way the players could relate and the attractiveness to some of the audience. Sure, that's going to pull. You might even have some women who absolutely love basketball or football and really could give anything about the women's version of basketball. It's just not something they like. Now, again, maybe it's something they would like more if it was given a higher platform. But in a very crude way, I would just go, if there's a large sample of 100 people, 100 guys, 75 of them probably like sports to a pretty good degree. If there's a sample of 100 women, not nearly as many as that 75 are into that game. But there's no reason that that can't grow, right? As long as it's given the platform. One last sports thing. Um, Shakira, who's like 46. Her ex, boy, this has gotten kind of ugly. And I'll tie this together neatly. Her ex cheated on her. 
which has to be one of the dumber things in human history because she's still very genetically gorgeous, uh, very genetically gifted, genetically affluent, has aged super well. Um, her ex, Gerard Piquet, I believe is how you pronounce it. He's, he's a soccer player. He was on somewhere running his mouth about how, and he cheated on her, and by the, and I think she caught him because something had eat, been eaten in the refrigerator that no one in the house eats, and she's like, you had someone here. It, it's quite a story. Um, He was running his mouth about how her fans are just absolutely maniacal, and he's like, they need to get lives. Well, fans are... Yeah, Eric, you're trying to get more people interested in sports. Look, fans of anything can be... Um, over the top. Um, politics, that's easy. Sports, obviously. Um, I have been involved in more Transformer Reddit forums and reading comments and like, these people are toxic. People who have an overboard passion about things, sure, they use these things as escapism, but they use it as escapism and maybe, maybe target all their toxicity because there is... It's their outlet from the toxic things that are happening in their day-to-day life. And they need to get some help. Um, he, he said they, they need to get lives. Now, I'll wrap this up by saying no one who is a soccer player should ever be telling someone else's fans that they need to calm down. Because of all the things, of all sports fans you know, I know you're aware of the reputation that soccer fans have. <laughs>